0: Hi, I'm Gavin Givinoni. I'm talking to you today uh, on this MS, MS Selfie podcast about the association or link between gum disease called periodontitis and multiple sclerosis. And, you know, I've been pretty aware of the link now for f- a few decades, but I remember an index patient that I saw several years ago. He was a 56 year old male with primary progressive MS. And he'd been diagnosed about three years earlier when he presented with a limp or a weakness of his one foot when walking. And over a three-year period, he'd gone from mild walking problems to needing a walking stick. Um, And so he would be classified as having rapidly progressive, primary progressive MS. And when I examined him, I noticed that he had quite bad halitosis and he had very poor oral hygiene with what I would call severe periodontal disease. He was a heavy smoker, and that's probably one of the reasons why he had gum disease. Anyway, I, I referred him to our dental clinic, and they couldn't do anything for his disease because he'd had so much uh, um, um, resorption of his gum, the, but the mandible mandible, and maxilla, that they had basically uh, I could only offer him a, a, a tooth extraction. They took all his teeth out and gave him a set of dentures. But by doing that, though, they got rid of the source of infection, and it was quite interesting that once the periodontal disease had been, the infection had been treated, his MS seemed to stabilise. Uh, he came back saying that he would felt a lot better generally. He, he didn't stop smoking though, um, but he felt his MS had stabilised, and uh, you know I followed him up for a couple of years after that, and he hadn't deteriorated any further. Um, unfortunately, he went to live uh, in the north of the country, and I lost him. I lost. Uh, lost him to follow up so I don't know what happened uh, to his uh, clinical course whether he had developed burnt out MS after having his periodontal disease uh, treated but the uh, result was pretty striking to me and ever since then um, I uh, proactively uh, look for periodontal disease and I refer patients or make them go off to a dentist if I find it um I think in a, a general principle uh, in multiple sclerosis is that chronic or recurrent infections make MS worse. So I'm sure you're aware of that yourself if you have the disease. And we think we know why the systemic infection stimulates the immune system to make these mediators called cytokines. And they cause sickness behavior. And I've written about sickness behavior before, and I've given you a link here. Sickness behavior is when you get temperature, you lose your appetite, you get very tired, you get cog fog, and I think from an evolutionary perspective, sickness behavior uh, is there to make you conserve energy and recover. Uh, Obviously, when you have chronic infection or chronic inflammation, this is maladaptive, and it actually contributes to worsening symptoms. And some people feel the cog fog and the fatigue that people with multiple sclerosis have may be chronic infection. Um, Anyway, what happens is the infection stimulates the innate immune system in the central nervous system, and those microglia then produce other mediators that cause uh, conduction block. They may even cause demyelination. They may stress out vulnerable nerves and axons, and they can actually make the neurogeneration worse. And this is what we call the uh, hot microglial hypothesis of smoldering MS. We know from animal models that this happens, uh, and so you can actually take animals with different animal, you know, different models, be it a, de- a dementing model or a prion model, and you give them uh, um, an artificial infection by giving them what we call endotoxin. This is the bacterial uh, cell wall; it's also called LPS or lipopolysaccharide. And by giving that, you stimulate peripheral in- inflammation, and we know that those animals. Deteriorate quite rapidly, and it actually speeds up the deterioration of their condition. And if you stop giving them the uh, the toxin, they don't recover back to baseline. And you know, some some of you with more advanced disease may have noticed this yourself if you've ever had a severe bacterial viral infection. And uh, not only does it cause recrudescence of old symptoms, but it may take you weeks or months to recover back to baseline. And I am aware of several of my patients saying they have never get back to baseline. In other words, they've acquired permanent damage as a result of this infection. Um, And I've even had a few patients uh, who had severe COVID who described this to me as well. Uh, We know this also happens in people with Alzheimer's disease and people with Parkinson's disease. Severe infections often, you know, give them a real backward step and they often don't recover back to baseline. Anyway, this... This particular patient, um, I haven't seen another case like him, uh, so he's possibly a one-off, but uh, it might, or he's just an extreme version of a, of what we we don't look for. Uh, but anyway, he changed my behaviour, and I take uh, chronic infections or recurrent infections very seriously, and it's something you, as an individual with MS, should try and uh, pre- uh, prevent. So when it comes to the holistic management of MS and my marginal gains philosophy, there is a section on infections. And on the list, I've uh, included urine tract infections, predontitis, sinusitis, respiratory particular, lower respiratory tract, intertrigo, uh, and small intestinal bowel uh, overgrowth, uh, SIBO, which I've just added after doing my recent uh, MSL fee on that. The one that you're probably not aware of, you have sinusitis, so this would be your paranasal sinusitis. So it could be the frontal, uh, the ethmoidal, uh, even the sphenoidal, uh, the maxillary and the uh, mastoid sinuses. These are the air sinuses around the upper airways. We know that people with multiple sclerosis seem to have a higher incidence of sinusitis than the general population. And there's a potential causal association, yeah, because there has been a theory. Well, we know that people with sinusitis seem to be at increased risk of getting MS. And there's a whole theory around um, why that happens. Uh, and I'll probably do an MSL selfie on sinusitis sometime in the future to explain uh, things to you. Um, now, the, the sources of infection are pretty obvious to you. You know, uh, neurogenic or bladder involved in MS is very common, and actually tract infections is one of the commonest causes of unscheduled hospital admissions. Obviously, swallowing problems uh, leads to aspiration and aspiration pneumonia, and that's another cause of emergency admissions in MS is recurrent pneumonia. Then the intertrigo and ingrown toenails are a problem, Uh, because they're also a source of infection. And I've just become aware from a recent publication from China about the intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And I think this needs a little bit more research for me to, uh, you know, um, tell you how to manage or self-diagnose yourself. So we will probably want to do a a clinical service development in our centre to see if this is really such a big issue in MS patients. Anyway, I've actually put links in the email and on the uh, MSLF website, so every link will take you back to a previous uh, newsletter where you can read about these issues, and I would urge you to go back and read about infections, because there, a lot you as an individual can do outside of healthcare interactions to prevent or at least reduce your chances of getting recurrent bladder infections, for example. And you should be also thinking about, can I prevent respiratory tract infections? So, you know, have your vaccines, your annual flu vaccine, and when the COVID-19 boosters uh, arrive, have them as well. As you're probably aware, there's a new strain, or there's two new strains that have come out, and there's a a mini peak uh, of COVID-19 happening right now. Uh, And so those vaccines, we think, will be available uh, probably sometime in late October, and the, and the one of the one of the vaccines at least uh, will like will be likely just the, the Moderna vaccine. Uh, it'll be likely to uh, c- uh, cover this new strain. Might not protect you from getting uh, COVID nineteen, but it'll protect you from getting severe COVID nineteen. And I think its severity is an issue. Here. The more severe and the more chronic the infection, the worse it is. Anyway, I'm not going to bore you. i have put a a, a little fact sheet in there of what periodontitis is and what gum disease is. It is actually quite common in the general population. And it's basically inflammation uh, of the gums and the structures that support the teeth, so the ligaments, for example. Um, And it causes these little pockets, these little – around the tooth to become enlarged. They get filled up with bacteria. And there's often passing them, actually, which is what causes the halitosis, the bacterial products. Uh, and if you don't have uh, – if you leave, leave it untreated, you know, it, it often causes um, gum resorption and you can lose your teeth. Um, so the most significant factor is poor oral hygiene. So if you don't brush or floss your teeth properly, then you get accumulation of tart, Uh tartar around them, and that leads to bacterial overgrowth and infection. And a, a major risk factor is uh, is smoking. Also, comorbidities, particularly diabetes, is a risk factor, probably because it increases your chance of getting an infection. And then hormonal changes. Periodontal disease can emerge during pregnancy or even uh, postmenopausal in, as part of the menopause. Maybe that's another reason to have uh, HRT if you're a woman. And then there have been some genetic studies showing that genetic factors also contribute to this. And there's also medications. So um, we know that uh, um, people on certain types of medications, this includes antacid, anticholinergics, you know, bladder drugs, antihistamines, antidepressants, calcium channel blockers, Decongestion, some anticonvulsants, particularly phenytoin, cyclosporin, and other immunosuppressive therapies, all increase your chance uh, of gum disease. It's also been linked to chronic stress, um, poor nutrition, uh, teeth grinding, and teeth clenching. Also increase your chance of getting this. Uh, so it's actually there's quite a lot of a large number of risk factors. I think it's important that you are aware of the risk factors, uh, and if you want to practice holistic medicine, you need to prevent yourself from getting a periodontal disease because it's not only linked to MS or potentially poor MS outcomes, but it's also linked to a lot of other poor outcomes, particularly cardiovascular disease and is a reduced life expectancy. Um, you know, some people say that um, periodontal disease should be one of the social determinants of health because of its association with uh, Uh, um, low income and and deprivation I'm aware that many people with MS and in the general population are unaware of gum disease and they assume that the state of their mouth and their gums is normal Um, however if you've got the following symptoms if your gums are red, swollen, tender and and bleed when you brush your teeth if they are painful or uncomfortable when you chew food if you've got quite a lot of teeth teeth sensitivity hot or cold for example if you've got loose teeth, if you've got halitosis or chronic bad breath, or if you've got if you've got receding gums, these are all signs of periodontal disease. And uh, if this is the fact, you should go and see your dentist. Um, now, I know that many cynics will say, "Oh no, dear, Prof. G's telling us to worry about our gums as well." Uh, and I think yes, you know, if you want to manage your MS and improve the chance you're having a good outcome, you have to do you have to look after your gums. Uh, You know, and this is not just about MS, this is about general health. Um, So please, uh, look at your gums. Uh, If you've got any queries, go off to your oral hygienist or see a dentist and get them assessed. Um, And, you know, if we wanted to, you know, why would we ignore gum disease if we wanted to adopt a marginal gains uh, approach to managing MS? Uh, and the whole thing about marginal gains is small differences across multiple factors can make a big difference in terms of outcome. You know, and uh, and I put the quotes uh, supporting the marginal gains hypothesis and the one I uh, formulated based on uh, Sir Dave Brailsford, you know, he used to be the cycling coach for Team GB. And he made the point that if you broke down everything that would you could think of that goes into riding a bike and then improved each little factor by 1%. When you put these all together, you'll get a significant increase when you put uh, in, in, in performance. And the same thing with MS. If we break down everything we can think of that goes into improving MS outcomes and improve them by 1%, we'll get a significant improvement when we put them all together. And if infections or recurrent or chronic infections make MS worse and speed up, Uh, the disability worsening, then if we get rid of those infections or prevent them, then we will slow down disability worsening. It's as simple as that. Anyway, some of you may know about this already, so this will be old news to you, but I'd be interested to hear if if any of you have been diagnosed with periodontal disease, and I'm particularly interested to know if any of you have had had treatment for the the infection, have noticed any change uh, in your symptoms. In other words, when you had periodontal disease, were you worse off in terms of fatigue, tiredness, just, you know, and when it was treated, did things improve? I think it'd be quite nice to know if there's any anecdotal experience out there to support what I saw with this individual patient. And I have put the the, the paper, um, it's a metro analysis was it, um, of, of the literature just showing you uh, that people with multiple sclerosis are more likely to have periodontal disease. And I'll leave it there and take questions, uh, please, uh, Put them into the uh, uh, question or comments box, and I'll try and respond to them as quickly as possible. And I'd just like to continue nudging you. If you are able to afford it, please become a paying subscriber. The the kind of thing that donations to the or, or subscriptions to this MSL we do is this particular one will now get taken up by my medical writer, rewritten in a much better way, and transferred to the microsite. Um, and that is something I just don't have time to do. And that's not my skill set. Uh, and hopefully, you know, as we build up the uh, microsite, we'll get to the point where we can put, put it into a, a, a self-management book for people with multiple sclerosis to self-manage. And that's the real aim, is to activate you as an individual with MS to self-manage. And uh, if, if you are a pain subscriber, I'd just like to thank you. Um, it's very helpful been able to develop this resource over time Uh, and it also gives you an idea of how to practice ms holistically enjoy